So last week we talked about Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. I'm very aware of my time, so we're not going to run over. But just hang with me. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he or she, the old King James says, as, as a man thinks in his heart, but that's the universal sense of both. For as he or she thinks in his heart, so is he. That word thinks can be the same word imagines. Let's read it that way. For as he or she imagines in their heart, so are they. Church, you are what you think you are. You aren't what you hope you are. You aren't what others think you are. You aren't even who your mentors, mom and dad, a teacher, a counselor, uh, a pastor, even them. You're not who they believe that, that you are at all. You become your thoughts. It is a personal responsibility. Um, Let me make this statement, uh, and I made it last week. Your thoughts become things in your life. Say it again. Your thoughts become things in your life. Everything starts with a thought. This church that you are part of right now, um, not just the physical building, but the actual church itself, the, 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 the assembling of ourselves together to hear the word preached in a Thank God in a place in January or February, rather, where you can have heat in the building and a roof over your head and so on, and a beautiful place to worship the Lord. All of this came together because of a thought. God gave me a thought about starting or birthing a church for him years ago. This goes back into 1990, well, actually 1994, when it was the beginning part of it, and was what happened was is I began to do what? I begin to imagine what it would be to be a senior pastor. You can't help it. Every single one of you have an imagination. It starts when you're very little. It's much easier to do when you're little, uh, smaller, but even as an adult, you still have an imagination. And so I begin to image or imagine or think, if you will, in my heart what it would be like, the kind of church that I would want to pastor. By the way, I'm pastoring the church that I like to pastor. I enjoy my job. But... But all of this, even the other day, we're driving by this church, and, and it's all these years, after all these years, and I, I was with Pastor Robinson. We have a beautiful church. That church is just beautiful. Thank God we got a beautiful place to worship the Lord. And it's so true, but all of it started with a thought. I had you on my mind even before I met you. So you didn't even know me. You're right, I didn't know you. And I'm not saying you as an individual in, in particular, but I knew it was going to be a multi-racial church. Someone say amen. At one culture, but we were going to have different ethnicities. I knew black people would just love me. Hallelujah. I knew Hispanic people would just dig me. I already knew the white people were cool. And by the way, we're getting more white people. Hallelujah for the white people. Amen. I even knew what side of town it was going to be on. I didn't start to know that, but he told me what side of town. So I begin to imagine that. I'm just trying to get you to understand the very seat that you're sitting in right now came from an imagination. It came from a thought that God deposited on the inside of me and my wife. Einstein produced something called the thought experiment. And he said imagination is more powerful than knowledge because knowledge is limited. Imagination goes on and on and on. Church, God gave you an imagination so that you could reach beyond the state that you are currently in and beyond your present circumstances. Your imagination was given to you by God to do what? To give you hope. 
And it's not based on your IQ. Someone say amen. It's not based on your looks. It's not based on your personality. It's not based on your finances or personal wealth. If you can think it, you can have it. That's what he did. He gave an imagination to give you hope that you can have a future. Someone say amen. And I don't know what, I don't listen to the news that much, but I know that they prognosticate a lot of fear out there. And what does fear do? It robs the next generation of hope. It even robs you and me of hope, the people that should know better. And we don't fight for the future anymore. I'm hearing the Spirit of God saying, no, 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 tell the people, begin to stretch forth and dream again. Believe that, believe God for the very best. Get those things he gave you 5 and 10 and 15 and 20 years ago. Get them back on the table. Begin to pray into them. Prophesy over them. Come on, somebody. And begin to get your imagination fueled with thoughts of faith of what is possible. If you can think it, you can have it. Romans 12 verse 1 says, and do not be conformed. Say, do not be conformed. To what? To this world. But be transformed. He's given you a formula. But be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He said to be transformed. He realizes you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Let me say that again. He realizes you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're of a different place called heaven. Someone say amen. You're sponsored by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're sponsored by heaven itself. You're backed by heaven. But he said that what you do is, we got another commoner just walked in. Praise the Lord. Give her a hand. Hallelujah. Amen. She's got on her, just spin for everybody. Spin. All right. There you go. That's one of our outfits. Praise the Lord from our, our department. You're very welcome. Proud of you, Jackie. And so you're to be transformed, right? The word transformed is the word metamorpho in the Greek, and it means, met, it's where we get our word, English word, metamorphosis, right? You watch a butterfly uh, become, from a caterpillar to a butterfly, that's a metamorphosis. We watch, watch David Banner, come on, become the Incredible Hulk, amen. Metamorphosis. A lot of you don't know what that is, too young, okay. But if you know the Hulk, you know the story. So anyways, it's, it's through a metamorphosis. And watch, look, you don't need more money. You need a renewed mind. You need a, why? Because, because we got a lot of those lottery winners out there that win. I looked it up this morning. I already knew the truth. But lotto winners, 70% plus are bankrupt in seven years after winning millions and millions of dollars. Why? They don't know how to handle the wealth that's been given them. They don't operate with a renewed mind. By the way, I got people in this church that have said to me, Pastor, when I win the lottery, I'm going to start giving my tithes and offerings. I'm going to pay this church off. You lie, you fry. Some of you have already run the lottery. It may not have been big, but you ain't going to give this church nothing. And I tell them, well, how about start with the $5 you got from the $50 you made this week? <laughs> oh, no, I need that $5. Oh, come on now. If you can't be faithful in the small, I'm not expecting you to be faithful in what is large. I'm preaching pretty good right now. Amen. So I'm not going to hold my breath on that. 
Because why? Because I still feel like people are conformed. He said, be not conformed to this world. We're still operating on the system of the world, operating how the world operates. That's why I've got to unplug from news sometimes, not totally, but almost, almost all, because I can't hear what the world's got to say. I want to hear what God's got to say. He said, be not conformed to this world. Conformity starts in the mind. Conformity is a mindset. Your problem with conforming to the world is not the devil as much as it is your stinking thinking. That's usually the problem. And you act like the world because you think like the world. You talk like the world because you think like the world. You cuss and fuss like the world because you think like the world. How do you get the world out of you? You put the word in you. How do you get the world out of you? You put the word in you. You've got to renew your mind with the word of God. You got to listen. You got to take time to listen to podcasts that preach the word. We got one here on Thursday nights and it's there. It's archived. You can listen to it until you want. You can take this word right now and get back online and watch it again and listen to it all you want. You got to read book. I said, read a book, read a book on the word of God. Put the Harlequin down. You don't need another romance story. I'm talking to somebody right now. Put the vampire book down. You don't need to hear any more about the evil stuff that's out there. Come on, somebody. Why don't you pick up the word of God? Every story known to mankind is in that book. And it will fill you up with faith. Take one of our classes. We've got right now, one right now. The Rosados are heading up. We've got another one coming up in the springtime uh, called, um, uh, help me out, uh, Rich. Pastor, where's Fire starters is coming away. And then we got, I got another one. Walk through the Bible. We're going to walk you from Genesis to Revelation. Get involved in a class. Make church a priority in your life. Why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Make time daily to read the word and pray. Look, the word has transformative power and it will transform your entire belief system because your belief something. It may, not, it may not always be the right thing, but it's still your belief system. And sometimes your belief system is not the right thing to believe in. Jesus fought the devil. The Bible says for 40 days and 40 nights and he, and he, he had a fight. And, and the Bible says that three times the enemy came to tempt him to get him off track so that he would not fulfill the mandate of who, who he was. And by the way, the devil didn't really know who he was. He was tempting him to find out. Guess what? After three day, or 40 days in that wilderness, he found out, yep, he is the son of God. Because three times the devil come to him to fight him. But three times we don't see Jesus pick up a rock and hit him in the head. We don't see Jesus pulling out a knife and say, I'm going to shank you. Come on, somebody. We don't see, three, we don't see uh, th at the third time uh, uh, Jesus say, if you keep messing with me, I'm going to pop you in the head. Get out of my face. No. Every single time Jesus says, it is written. He was saying, this is what the word of God says, devil. And then he said again, this is what the word of God says, devil. And then another battle comes. This is what the word of God says. And the Bible says, he defeated Satan. By the way, Jesus fought Satan in the spirit, not in the wilderness. I know that was the location, but that was not where the fight was. The fight was not in the natural. The fight was in the spirit. 
John chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus says, It is the Spirit who gives life, and the flesh profits nothing. That's the natural man, the natural woman. It is the natural world that we live in, the flesh and the deeds of the flesh. He said, The flesh profits nothing. The words, everybody say the words. The words that I speak to you are what? Spirit. They are spirit and they are life. Every, every word of God has ever spoken is spirit. So when we get in the word of God, we're operating in the spirit realm, the spirit of God. Last week, I made a statement that in order for you to get the victory in your life, you have to take the battle out of the flesh and get it back in the spirit. Okay? You can't fight your boss in the flesh. Ma'am, you can't fight your husband in the flesh. Sir, you can't fight your wife in the flesh. Why? You will lose. We as believers fight our fight in the spirit with what? The word of the living God. So when I say get in the spirit, you go, well, how in the world am I going to get in the spirit? How you get there is by getting in the word of God. That is spirit. Getting the battle in the spirit where every single time you operate, you win. Um, I had a friend, I wasn't sure if I was going to tell the story or not, but a dear friend of mine, and, and he's going to another level in his ministry. We're talking on the phone, and uh, God took him to heaven. Matter of fact, I want him to come and share this testimony. Uh, he had a dream, but he's been praying for uh, the last four months that God would, that he would go to heaven. And, and he says, I, I just believe, God, you want me, that's what you want to pray on. I'm, I'm believing for this. And he would tell me, he'd say, Jeff, I'm so close. I feel like God's going to take me to heaven. Well, it happened. And God gave him an incredible encounter in heaven and spoke to him some very specific things. Some things he could share, some things he couldn't share. And, um, and so powerful, powerful testimony. And I was so happy for him. And right after that, it was like all hell broke out in his life. I mean, physical stuff that was happening, relational issues are happening, church problems that were going on, and I'm going, oh, I know exactly what's happening here. We got a devil loose that needs to be dealt with. And the Spirit of God showed me, he said, son, he's in transition, he's moving to the next level, his, everything's going to change, he's moving from one city to another, his ministry's changed, everything's going to change. And he said, but he has no intercessors that will pray for him. Watch this. And he spoke to me and said, and he has no one who will speak and declare the, outside of himself, has no one who will speak and declare the word of God over his life. He said, son, I want you to raise up a group of men, other ministers and women, and get them together. And once a week, I want you to pray and speak and declare the word of God. So I've already started the process. We're going to start doing it. I, look, i got a schedule like everybody else, but I want to see God do something in their life. And I know God will do something in my life. But it all starts with what? I told him, I said, he cried. He said, oh, my God, that's an answer to prayer. Oh, my goodness, thank you so much. And I said, we're going to do this. You're going to start seeing some powerful things take place. Get ready. You're trans the devil can't stop you, but he will try to delay you year after year, one trip around the mountain to another trip around the mountain. How many more trips do you need to realize you got to deal with the devil? Break his power, renew your mind and say, I'm going in to the promised land and devil and hell, you can't stop me. Come on. By the way, that's how I pray over you every single week. That's how our elders on Tuesday pray over you. That's how our watchers on Sunday pray over you. That's how my wife gets up every morning and prays over you. We got people praying over you just like that. You can't lose. Come
Come on. The Bible says that God gave Jesus the spirit without measure. Without measure. That means unlimited. Think of it. The word which is the spirit is without measure. It's limitless. Think about our spiritual capacity that we have that is limitless. If you go back and study the New Testament, you'll find there's a, the a Bible calls a man out. By, they just, he didn't have a name. They called him the madman of Gadarenes. Have you ever heard of him? And the Bible says that he was filled with demons. And the Bible says there was a legion, which is 1,000 to 6,000 troops is what a legion was. There was a legion demon, so a minimum of 1,000 demons inside this man, up to 6,000. And they would, try to, they would try to hold him down, and they couldn't hold him down at night. He'd howl and scream. He had the whole area, the whole township locked down in fear. And they, tried, they, they couldn't keep him, and they put him in the graves, and he'd rip off his clothes and... And the Bible says they, they put him in chains and fetters. This is your New Testament. Put him in chains and fetters, and he'd break out of the chains. The power that this man possessed because of all that spirit evil that was on the inside of him. I'm just trying to give you an idea. If that's the kind of spirit and power that he was able to possess to lock down a whole city and rip chains and part and out of the ground and basically manipulate a whole area and fill with at least 1,000 demons and yet the Bible says that he gives you and I the spirit without measure. What do we got to be afraid of? Why are we so afraid? Remember last week we said the word gives new thought. In other words, the word gives revelation. What is revelation? It's light in darkness. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's not just reading the Bible. It's getting understanding of the Bible. I discern what it's saying to me, and it becomes light in darkness. Psalms 119, 130 says, the entrance, everybody say the entrance, of your words gives light it gives understanding to the simple so the bible says your words carry light the word of god has light as i'm speaking this morning it's filled with light it's coming to you it feels why because you're starting to get hope you're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel you're starting to realize wait a second i don't have to put up with what i've been putting up with this whole time i can overcome this situation and the Bible says, those words, the Bible says, let me read it again. It says, the entrance of your word gives life. In other words, there's an entrance to God's word. It does what? It offers you, God's word offers you a new entry point. It offers you a new beginning. It offers you new opportunity. I want to see this church, the online church, the body of Christ, get so serious about the word of God this year. Why? So it can open up new opportunities and a new beginning for your life. How many want to see God give you a new opportunity and a new beginning in your life? Come on, church. The word of God is the entry point statement. The Bible says that Jesus, hang with me, y'all. Jesus is the word of God made manifest in the flesh. Say it one more time. The Bible says that Jesus is the word of God made manifest in the flesh. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus becomes the words that God has spoken. 
So what are the words you've been speaking? What are the things you've been saying? What are the things you've been talking about? Well, I'm so stupid. Uh, I always seem to get sick. This job is killing me, pastor. Man, I never catch a break. Instead of speaking these types of things, why not say, I'm an overcomer? How about talking about, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus? How about saying, I'm the head and not the tail? How about saying, I'm above only and not beneath? How about saying, if God be for me, who can be against me? How about saying, I'm a winner, winner, chicken dinner, and I can't lose? Come on, somebody! We used to sing a song back in the day. Uh, see if I can remember it. Uh, no matter what the weapon is, I want you to know that I win. And that song, uh, I, I don't remember all the verses to it anymore, but that thing is in my spirit right now. No matter what the weapon is, I want you to know that I win. No matter what, the, I'm in the wrong key. Now let's not do that either. Because I'm trying to think of the words. Let me know that I win. Uh, and it goes, um, if I won't doubt, he'll bring me out. If I'll obey, he'll make a way. If I believe, I will receive everything he's done in me. I win. Woo! Everybody say, I win. Say, I win. Say, I can't lose. Say, I got the word on the inside of me. I got the fullness of the spirit on the inside of me without measure. Now give the Lord a shout. Amen. The power of your words will manifest in the flesh. Jesus Christ is the word of God. God spoke it. Jesus was made manifest in the flesh. The power of your words manifests things in the flesh. Your words will flesh out. Negative words can bring a curse to you. Whew. I don't know if you're ready for this on Sunday morning. But that's where we get the word spelling. Spelling. Because negative words can put a spell on you. Your words spell it out. Y'all didn't catch that. Church, you need to break off those words that were spoken over you, that were cursed words, that said over you, you'll never amount to nothing, you'll never be anything, you're going to end up just like your father, you're going to end up in jail, you're going to be broke as a joke. Break off those spells. In the name of Jesus, Father, we break off every cursed word that's been spoken over us now. Now.
That devil tried to put a spell on you, and now you're speaking that same curse over your life over and again. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not, I don't have enough money. I'm not good looking enough. I have my problem. You're speaking the same spell over yourself. Hallelujah. Job 22, 28 says, you will also declare, speak a thing. You will speak a thing and it will be established for you. Cause be recognized and accepted to be set into a secure position. When you speak, that's what happens. It gets established. So light will shine on your ways. You may not be saying the same thing I'm saying. And your thing may not be my thing. But when you speak it, no doubt about it, it will become something. Thoughts, words, manifest. Proverbs 18, 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. Wow. Well, I can't have a word unless I'm thinking. I got to be able to think it through, right? So it says, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Oh, wow. So I'm speaking, those are seeds. And those seeds are bringing forth harvest. Death and life are in the power of the what? The tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Wow. I'm going to make a statement because I'm out of time. I can't even elaborate on that. You can't change the fruit until you deal with the root. So if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're sick and tired of being frustrated in your life, and you're tired of always running up against something negative in your life, you can't blame other people. Stop the blame game. I'm not your issue, and you're not mine. It's a root issue. Well, no, no, these things were done. Yeah, but what's drawing that to you? Why does it continue to happen to you? It's laying at the root. Here's the greatest news of all. But if you speak and declare these right things over your life and the right things over your relationship and the right things over your job, whatever you happen to be involved in, it does what? It changes the root. No longer do you produce uh, thorns and briars. Now it's apples and oranges and, and whatever you like, Right? Because you speak, you declare it. Whatever you say, that's what's going to happen. And you're breaking the curse off of your life. Lay the axe to the root, dear child of God, and get some freedom in your life. All right, let's switch gears. I only have just a minute. Your imagination carries the image that God put on the inside of you to give you an advantage. Again, I go back to the imagination of starting a church. Yes, it, was, it began with a word God put in me. That word had a picture to it. It was an image. But then my imagination took it further of what it could be. He said, you'll start a church. It'll be in Milwaukee. Okay, but that was all the detail he gave me. Interestingly enough, because it was in me, it allowed me to put my DNA into it. 
so that it's everything that's in this place comes from Jeff Pruitt. Same thing with your um, with your business, right? And you start a business, it's gonna have your function and flow because it's got your de- maybe it may be God's idea, but He gave it to you, right? So it's gonna come out from you. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean, we should all be just be about God. Yes, it is. But now hang with me. What about your own children? Your children have their it was have their own personality, but they came from you. Your DNA is in them, no doubt about it. Either they're going to look like you, sound like you, something. But there's going to be not, there's going to be you know there's going to be some there's twins that have a separated birth and they get together and like the same exact things, same size, same haircut. Weird. It's just weird because the DNA doesn't lie. It's on the inside, right? And so he gives, you that, he gives you that image or that imagination so that you can have an advantage in life, okay? David faces Goliath. I'm not going to preach real hard. Just want to give it to you. And he goes at Goliath, and they say, how are you going? You're just a shepherd boy. And he watches it. He goes, but I killed the lion, and I killed the bear. He has an imagination. He goes back in his imagination, and he remembers what he accomplished through God when nobody else saw and now he's imagining the giant falling like the, like the lion and the bear. Had he killed the giant yet? No. But how confident was he that he was going to die that day, the, the, the giant? 100%. He knew. Why? He imagined it. And when he had it in his heart, the imagination, he thought thinks as a man thinks so is he. As he had that in his heart and it was so real to him, then he spoke. And he speaks to the giant before he ever throws the rock. And he says, this day the Lord will put you in my hand and I'm going to kill you and I'm going to take your head off and feed your body to the fowls of the air and all the people on that ridge right there called the Philistines, they're going to bow their knee to us. How dare you come against us? You speak this way to the armies of the living God. Who do you think you are? And he spoke it and then throws the rock and the rock does the job. He speaks it, and the victory comes, all based on what he thought. Now, if he didn't think he could, he might have went out there and probably gotten himself killed. But because he knew, he had already rehearsed it. He had the image of the giant falling. He knew that he could go out there, and God would, God would honor his faith. Statement. I said it last week. Meditation is the pathway to manifestation. Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law, this word of God, shall not depart from your what? Your mouth. But you shall do what? See, y'all thought I was taken from some book of Eastern mysticism. It had nothing to do with that. This is right out of the B-I-B-L-E. But you will do what? You'll keep the word in your mouth, and then you will do what? You will meditate it. Meditation brings manifestation. Watch this, and you'll meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. You will manifest it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Do you want to know the secret to success, the formula God gives us? For the Christian, it's different than the world. He says, I need you in my word, and I need you speaking my word. I need you thinking about my word more than you do the Super Bowl. Not that there's nothing wrong with that, but something wrong with that is not. But I'm saying, but you've got to take it to another level in your life this year for you to be prosperous and have good success. Why? You've got to renew your mind. It's this brain. We blame the devil, and he's got much to be blamed for. But for things that really he's not even doing, he just presses little buttons in your life. 
and mine because we have not yet renewed our minds to what God says is possible for our lives. Your thoughts are internal images that the mind perceives as reality. So wherever your thoughts go, so goes your life. Just as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The Shunammite woman, remember her? And she was given, the man of God came to her, Elijah came to her and said, uh, you'll have a son because of what she had done for him and built this room on a wall. And it was, she gave seed and, and, and as a result of that, she got a son. And the son became sick and died. The Bible says that this Shunammite woman didn't tell anybody, not her husband, nobody that he had died. And she takes off running to Elijah. Elijah is the prophet in the land. What does he symbolize? The word of God. He symbolizes the word, the prophetic or the living word of God. So she goes and she's running to him. Is her heart broken? Oh, yeah. That's her son. But she knows where to find the help. She's got to take the battle out of the flesh and get it back in the spirit. So she runs to the word of God. On her way, they say, what's wrong? Why are you running so frantically? And she screams, what? All is well. All is well. It is well. And her confession is not on the things that she's dealing with. Her speech, her conduct, and her words are the future. Where she's taking the situation. All is well. She's evicting the thoughts of death and defeat and imagining wellness and imagining it health and she's imagining a resurrection. What's she trying to get? She's trying to get the right manifestation or the right harvest to take place. When we get bad news, we stress and we start speaking the negative because it's almost like we're trying to prepare ourselves for the biggest hit possible so we might find some light at the end of the tunnel for, but that's not how God wants us to operate we should immediately say it's in the hands of God and of God before me who can be against me and he's fighting this battle with me and he'll never leave me nor forsake me and though I may feel shattered right now you're not going to get that kind of word out of me I'm not going to speak that direction because that will be the direction my life moves in but the moment you are attacked you should go the opposite way start speaking the word of the Lord. And I know what people are thinking right now, but I don't always know the scriptures to speak. Well, let me just help you with that. That's why you don't wait for a battle. You get that word. Watch this. Day and night. Day and night. When you wake up in the morning, get some word in you. Before you lay your head down, put a little word in you. Start reciting prayer with the word of God. Start um, uh, making a prayer declaration. You can write one yourself. And you, this is crazy. They got something called Google. Have you heard of this thing? It's nuts. You can Google scripture verses and they'll pop up right on your phone. Oh yeah, there's all kinds of things you can do. Amen. Proper meditation creates proper imagination that yields proper manifestation. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we release this word to you and give you all the praise and the glory. We've given to your people, Lord God. I thank you that understanding and revelation comes to them now. In Jesus' precious name.